0: Hello, and thank you for listening to the History of World War II podcast, episode 430, interview with Tom Holm about his book Ira Hayes, the Akinamel Owatum Warrior, World War II, and the Price of Heroism. Tom Holm, professor emeritus of the American Indian Studies at the University of Arizona, the author of Strong Hearts Wounded Souls, the Native American Veterans of the Vietnam War comes on today to discuss one of the sadder tales of an American hero who gave his country hope, but was given little in return. Professor Holm, thank you very much for being with us today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm so looking forward to this because I did not know a lot about Ira um, up until reading your book. And it was just a whole new world for me. But I do need to say you throw a lot of things in there. So by the time I finish reading your book, I feel like I got a pretty good start on medical school. Uh, you throw in <laughs> a lot of technical stuff. You, you, you have. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm almost ready. So you throw in a lot of stuff about what Ira Hayes was going through, uh, which which is and you make this point in the book which is the sad irony is that because of World War One and because of World War II, we do learn a lot about how to help these people, but yet we have to go through the wars mm-hmm. for them to be affected for us to figure out this new branch of science, if you will. But if you could, please introduce us to Ira Hayes, and then we can get uh, everything going.
1: Okay. Ira uh, was uh, born and brought up on uh, the uh, uh, Gila River, Gila River Indian Community. Uh, mm-hmm. He was uh, he was born in, in 1923. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was educated in one of the uh, Presbyterian schools on on the uh, uh, on on the reservation. Right. Uh, then he went to uh, Phoenix Indian School mm-hmm. for I think a year and something, uh, and then he went into the Civilian uh, Conservation Corps. Uh, the Indian Division um, right. for a year, and then and then went in the Marine Corps. He was a uh, contrary to a lot of the film that uh, right. he was a very very good Marine, and mm-hmm. uh, he uh, uh, he went out of uh, boot camp and he went through boot camp in, in very good order. Uh, in contrast to Tony Curtis, uh, Curtis's depiction, right. Um, Right. <laughs> and and uh, was uh, you know was uh, admitted into uh, jump school, uh, which is uh, pretty rigorous training. And uh, and actually, it was kind of one of those elite groups. Like uh, 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 the the Marine Corps at the time had two of them, and that mm-hmm. was the uh, Raiders. And uh, and then the the uh, as they called themselves the Chutes. Right. Uh, and. So uh, anyway, he he uh, he does his time on uh, Bougainville, which was, uh, I in many ways, Bougainville is is kind of an overlooked campaign, mm-hmm. but it was a, a pretty rugged one. Uh, uh, the jungle uh, and uh, the heat and the bugs and and uh, right just about everything that you could think of being thrown at you at a. At a Plus the Japanese, right? And uh, that was uh, in '43, and so Japan was, was in uh, actually in pretty good shape uh, militarily mm-hmm. at the time. And um, so, uh, yeah, Bougainville was uh, was quite a campaign, and I, I wish that I only found maybe maybe two books uh, that really you know kind of got got into it, and then some of the Marine Corps official right uh, documents uh, uh, as well. Um, uh, he, they, uh, they got rid of the, uh, the parachute and the Raiders units, uh, mm. almost, uh, God, I, I, they weren't out of Bougainville very, very long before they just, they, uh, uh simply kind of canceled those out. And, right. and then he was, he was part of the, uh, he was thrown into the, uh, 5th Marine Division and that was forming at Camp Pendleton. And then they were getting ready to go uh, to uh, hit the beach at uh, at uh, Iwo Jima, and uh, it, it, I guess I contrast the two campaigns that he that he fought in right uh, The Bougainville was you know this this terrible you know, jungle atmosphere a you know, terrible, and maybe you know some folks are used to it. Uh, I wasn't so much. I was in Vietnam and, and got into the jungle a few times, but that was just, you know, uh, where, I, where we were at, it was, it was primarily rice paddy, and uh, anyway. Right. Uh, uh, anyway, the the there's such a contrast between Bougainville and Iwo Jima. Mm-hmm. The you know, uh, Iwo Jima had been uh, a mining colony. They were mining sulfur. Right uh, and uh, so, and plus it was a volcanic uh, island, and so the uh, the foliage on uh, on Iwo Jima was was uh, pretty pretty scarce and pretty. You know, I don't think there was probably you know. Uh, uh, a plant that was over four foot high, right? And even, <laughs> sure. if, even if
0: there was, between all the bombings and everything else, it wouldn't yeah. have been for long. So yeah, it it's, was it, barren, I guess.
1: Yeah, it was pretty leveled, and yeah. uh, and so uh, and plus it was uh, it was it started to rain and all this other kind of junk that was happening. The worst, some of the worst part of the terrain where the was the, the kind of black. Ash, sand, whatever was spewed out of that volcano. All right. And uh, and upon landing, I, from what I could gather from all the the accounts and this kind of thing, Mm -hmm. that upon landing, uh, they would either go in on on uh, these the ducks, or they would go in on on uh, on regular landing barges. Uh, Iro was in the third wave uh, to go in. Right, and um, when you when you got on the beach, apparently you just the the the, the this ash, this black ash, and the sand or whatever it was called, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of sucked you in. Right, and so uh, I, I, Ira said himself. He wrote a wrote a, a small uh, story about how he, you know, what his what his first uh, landing. Uh, what what happened to him on the first landing, and you know he said it took two hours to go like uh, uh, seventy five yards
0: wow i i be cannot better. imagine that could yeah. i can i ask real quick because you said this at the very beginning, and that's something that i really want the um the listeners to know was he was ira was a very good marine, yes, he grew up on the reservation and he had a hard life and there was a lot of poverty but if anything those things make made him tougher and to go from you know, almost a second class citizen in his own country to to be the kind of uh, Marine, this a soldier fighter, whatever the proper term is that the Marines actually value. I mean, he, he proved himself time and again. So when I did watch that movie with Tony Curtis, I love Tony Curtis, <laughs> but I got I got a little upset. I was like, that's he wasn't that simple minded, whatever. He was yeah. a true patriot, but. But was it his was it his um, upbringing on the reservation or was it more of the Presbyterian tur- church? Because he seems to be a very humbled, uh, humble, soft spoken at times kind of guy. Was it the religion that did that or
1: was that just maybe was, all those
0: years of poverty? Yeah, wow. it,
1: I I think that the Akimah uh, Autumn sort of syncretized uh, uh. tradition, traditional beliefs with uh with with this with Presbyterian kind of morals and ideas uh, the 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 emphasis that I get mm-hmm. out of being around Indian people for you know my whole life and uh and also uh talking to uh the, the people that I've I've uh, sung at powwows on uh, at Hito River right and and uh, and I, yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I knew some people up there, uh, Sakyamuni family and a few others. The, the kind of e- ethics or virtues right. that that they they seem to, to try to capture are are uh, the, the the principal ones seem to be uh, generosity and honesty, mm-hmm. courage and humility. That is right. a virtue. Uh, right. So humility is, you know, uh, the best thing is to be uh, a humble person, mm-hmm. and and so uh, humility is 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 very much uh, emphasized both in tradition and in many ways in the Presbyterian uh, dogma. Right. Uh, so it, you know, it's it's uh, it, it is a combination, and uh, what I have to say too is that. Mm-hmm. Uh, warfare uh, was practiced in a different way uh, uh, traditionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, warfare, uh, especially warfare in in Ottoman tradition, would be uh, very much a. Uh, uh, it was chaotic. It was it was it was a chaos, chaos mm-hmm. that you had to pass between peace and war. And the way you did that was was ceremonially, uh, right? Ritual, and uh, and so and and also, there's a very very strong in the in the culture. There's a very strong feeling that there is a taint that goes with death, and especially with killing somebody. Right. Uh, so, uh, a warrior in the old days, uh, and they were uh, pretty pretty good uh more than pretty good uh the the uh, they used to be called the Pima and uh, they were uh they w- joined the Americans uh against uh, against uh, the uh the Apaches and uh, that was that must have been quite a war too but every time there was a confrontation or a battle of some sort and most of them were kind of staged battles you know you go out there and you'd face off and and then but what happened was that was that if you took a life, mm-hmm. it was believed that that person's life would have, a, would have an effect on you. Wow. So it was, it, it, you had to go and, and leave the battlefield and then go through a 16-day ritual of, of cleansing and mm. uh, what, what, uh, what people call lustration. Right. And so, uh, uh, you know, that was, you know, to kind of help you out through this, this sort of thing by the time of Ira's, um, uh, service, mm-hmm. uh, those ceremonies weren't automatically done.
0: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And right. so that was, I think, one of the causes of his, of, of his, uh, trauma. I wrote a book, uh, about 20 some years ago, mm-hmm. almost 30 now, um, uh, about uh, about vietnam veterans Indian vietnam veterans and uh the one thing that i found was that uh there was a there were ceremonies that brought you back and right. and it was it, it kind of mitigated a lot of the problems with associated with with being combat you know it, it kind of mitigated against the the uh the survivor's guilt and it mitigated against these feelings of depression and anxiety and things like that that you right. get with PTSD. So uh yeah. you know he he returned, but there isn't there are there aren't these kinds of of, of ceremonies in the Presbyterian church.
0: Right. If, if there I there, could if I could prayer.
1: That's what it was. Yeah, go ahead. Exactly.
0: I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I apologize. But I'm glad you answered that the way you did, because there's two things I want the people to know before we jump into the details of this. One, he's, he's not some crazed war killer uh, who loves to go around, you know, cutting throats. This is not who Ira is. He, he grew up, you know, Presbyterian. He grew up on a reservation. He grew up, you know, having less than more. Uh, but on the other hand, there was a time in his people's history where they had, where they recognized what war can do to a person and then so they had processes they had ceremonies uh to like you were saying to help them go for that world back to the regular world but that's not exactly done anymore it's going to be prayer you know and, and with all due respect prayer without some kind of professional counseling or something like that can only do so much so that's the the, the catch-22 that I was gonna gonna be in, and, and if I could, you touched uh, Iwo Jima a couple of minutes ago, mm-hmm. so I, I was kind of hoping we could get into that. So. Um, just just to set this up the Allies have taken Tinian they have taken Saipan, they've taken Guam in 1944, and like you said it's time for Iwo Jima but there are 22,000 troops on the island the commander who's in charge of those troops has been in the US he understands Americans and he has built up his defenses as much as he possibly could with what he has, and the major aspect of his defense, because he knows at the end he can't win, but if he can kill or wound or hurt as many American troops as possible, you know, the Americans, because they they value themselves, they value lives, maybe they will be more timid in their attack. So he's got a plan, but it's going to call for a lot of bloodshed.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's kind of classic attrition.
0: There we go. Thank you. And,
1: yeah, yeah it, uh, in, in warfare, I've always thought this, and this is one of the things that, that kind of you know, I've, I've touched on before. Right. Uh, military weapons are very much different than the, the, the rifles and the shotguns I used when I was growing up mm-hmm. hunting. Right. Uh, very, very much. Um, the uh, M1 Garand and uh, uh, Iro was carrying the, uh, uh, the Browning Automatic Rifle for a while, and then he switched over and got a got a hold of an M1 Carbine. Right. Uh, the, the the main thing about attrition to me, right. this is just kind of a, uh, a theory that I have, is that military weapons are designed not necessarily to kill, mm-hmm. but to create uh, the the battlefield in which uh, casualties of any kind simply overwhelm uh, the ability of, of, of medical folks to right. handle them. Right. And once that is achieved on whatever, you know, uh, if you can't handle the casualties, the only thing that a commander can do is withdraw. Right. The chaos. Right. And because much. that, that will turn it faster. So, so you have, you know, I've always <laughs> the, uh, so you have these kinds of, of weapons mm-hmm. that are involved that, that, uh, you know, I mean, put out hundreds and hundreds of rounds per minute. Right. And uh, that was one of those kinds of things that, that you, that, and then on top of that, mm-hmm. These had, they had um, a a tank that could, and they also had uh, flamethrowers and tanks that were flamethrowers. Wow. They they called them either Ronson or or Zippo. Right. And, uh, you know, and uh, the flamethrowers are casually causing, God, you know, terrible, terrible casualties. Yes. The other, uh, the other... Thing that the Japanese had was the the uh, they used a lot of mortar uh, weapons mortars mm-hmm. right uh, and and the rifles the rifles weren't, weren't that good uh, a lot of them were these were older bolt action type rifles that wow. uh, uh, Japanese commanders were just you know they were begging. Or better, better weapons. Uh, yeah. all throughout the war. But what uh, what they would do is that they would they did create some of the strangest kinds of, of wounds and right. terrible wounds. Um, you know, was six, I think it was six point five uh, uh, millimeter rounds that uh, that were barely jacketed. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they had a, a pretty thin layer. And so what would happen, and this is just, they would enter and then they would fragment so that so that you would have one entrance wound. And usually that was, that was what they called a keyhole wound. Right. And um, because it yawed in, in the air. Uh. And uh, so it, it, that yawing wound, but as soon as it hit, then it then what happened was the core, the lead core would immediately go outside of the jacket. Okay. So so you would have you know a, a fragmented wound uh, like that. Nasty. Uh, yeah. Yeah, very nasty. And and then the mortar rounds they had they had a gigantic mortar. Uh, it must have been you know, I forgot what the millimeter was now, but it was, it was, it was literally uh, that you, you couldn't shoot it from a tube. It was shot actually from a spigot that was, that was on the ground that they, that you set the, the whole thing over and that would shoot it. And it was inaccurate as hell, but, but it, uh, you know, in I guess the sound and the fury of the explosion was just, you know, that was that would be tremendous. Plus it would, you know, it would scatter these these uh these, the kind of shrapnel that is just you know horrific. Right. Uh, and uh, so that that was uh and, and of course in, in in Ira's day, they didn't have the kind of medical attention that we had. Right. Uh and uh, you know some of this stuff was just absolutely brand new uh, to them. Right. It's fragment, round, fragmentary rounds, the the uh, the literally the small small shrapnel of the, uh, of, the uh, uh, of the mortar fragments and, and grenade fragments and these kinds of things it, you you couldn't see them. Uh, right wouldn't necessarily, you know, know where some of these tiny fragments were unless, and, and then, unless you had, it, unless you could get them under an x-ray. Right. And of course, that meant moving them back to a hospital ship because x-ray machines, I think they had one or two, some, I don't know. Uh, right. LSTs that were suited out for, for, uh, medical, but, uh, the wounds were horrific, uh, and uh, and it was it, it, the fight on Iwo Jima was just slaughter on the mass scale. Right, uh, it, n- nearly six thousand Marines were killed. Probably twenty-two thousand uh, Japanese were killed.
0: That's, that that's incredible. Because and you were describing a second ago some of the weapons and the tactics that that the Japanese used, and that's what Lieutenant General Tama. Michi has got planned, like you said, he wants to just make the Americans bleed and suffer so bad that maybe exactly. they'll back up or they'll change their tactics because the Americans have the um, material superiority and I guess maybe the uh, the number, numerical superiority. So so we're going to get into some more of the details. And and this is kind of the one of the crux of your book. So we get to Mount Suribachi. Um, it's quickly isolated. Like you said, Ira comes in on the third wave. And now it's time to take that height. Could you maybe talk us through some of that about the men and I were going up there in February of 1945.
1: Yeah, his his regiment um, went immediately from the beach that they landed on right. and started started going right across uh, the, the that southern part of the island. Mm, okay, and cut off Sarabachi. So they had a line formed from one beach to the other side of the island. Okay, uh, and then they waited that night, and then they began assaulting uh, various, you know, the the positions on Cerbacci. Cerbacci though, this is the the kind of uh, uh, genius, I suppose, of of the defensive uh, thing, is is that they had, of course, hollowed out all kinds of caves and, and Tunnels and, and this, that, and the other, and even inside, what what the Japanese were able to do was even inside the mountain, cut a hole, and uh, then what what they would do is almost set up trench lines like in World War One, right? With these, with these, you know, it was, they were uh, they called them in World War One. They called them tra- traverses. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it was they were kinks in the line. Right. So that if you threw a grenade in one area, it wasn't going to you know, blast oh, everybody down the line. That makes sense. So yeah, so these kind of kinks were all set up. Not only that is that it is that they could move. It was it was what you know uh, the Japanese read. They were they were very good on reading you know the. The, uh, the the kind of philosophers of warfare all through, you know, Sun Tzu and mm-hmm. and uh, and and all the rest of the all the rest of the of, of those folks. Right. And what he created was the ability of troops to move from place to place in, inside the mountain. Oh. So, he,
0: pop so the guys
1: that are assaulting the mountain are playing whack a mole. <laughs> right.
0: So. So but you're right. That's a perfect description of what they're dealing with.
1: Right. And, and and it is. You you know, they 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 would describe, you know, assaulting, say, one pillbox, mm-hmm. uh, assault to it and, and get around it and then throw a flamethrower in there. And then uh, you know, on their right flank, there would pop up a few people and they would be, they would, they were throwing these little uh they called them knee mortars, but they they weren't. They were just these little bitty kind of grenade throwers, right? Uh, that you know they pop up and and you know throw throw these uh, these small mortar rounds at them and shoot at them and stuff like that, and then go back into the hole. Mm. And so it, it, you know it it uh, was really a, a terrible thing. Right. Uh, I think it was on the third day. I'm not sure. After that, it was that they were able to get to the top, and they sent sent these uh, these two these two uh, squads up. The first one went up and uh, raised a small flag. It was a small flag on the pole. Mm-hmm. Then uh, the uh, the uh, I think it was Italian runner uh, Rene uh, Gagnon uh, was given a flag. It was a bigger flag so that everybody could see. Right, and uh, so he was. He was with that on, you know, with that group that included Ira to go up mm-hmm. in that second patrol to go up uh, Suribachi. And uh, actually, they had a pretty, pretty easy time of it. They, they, uh, you know, get gunfire here and there, but it was not, you know, it was not concentrated or anything like that. So right. they got up the hill. They got up the mountain. And uh, uh, Mike Strank, uh, he was the squad leader, uh, 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 he was uh, Irish squad leader, Mm. uh, told him and Franklin Sosley to find a pole, uh, find a better pole. And so they dug around and found this long uh, uh, piece of pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that that the Japanese used they uh, you know I'm I'm not sure what for probably you know for, uh, for water right uh, and uh, so uh, it was pretty heavy lead pipe so it, it you know it took uh, it took quite a few guys to to haul it up mm-hmm. and so that's what that's what uh, Rosenthal captured was that first it was the the that raising of that second flag. Right. And the uh and the, the picture. he was accused God throughout his life. Rosenthal uh was accused throughout his life of, of staging that, right. that photograph. I and don't
0: understand that. That's
1: Sorry, yeah, ahead. well, I think I think what the reason they did they 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 uh they thought it was because I don't think that you're ever gonna find a more Sort of symmetrical, <laughs> right? <laughs> sort of raising of a flag. You know, it's three quarters up. It's it. it you know, it's starting to unfold and floral right. and, and things. And then these guys are down there and they're anonymous. And it's almost this perfect sort of pyramid. Gotcha. And uh, you know, and, and with the with the pole up and the flag coming, and it's it's it really is. It's you know. Uh, I've talked to talked to a couple of people who were you know, who were photo, uh, photographers, mm-hmm. and they said, "You know, it, you know, you couldn't have you couldn't have staged it that perfect, right? It was
0: <laughs> a, a one in a million shot." Uh, but yeah. I guess some people didn't want to believe that. But there was a marine motion picture photographer who filmed them doing it, which yeah. I, I I'm assuming proves that it was not. Staged
1: right, Bill Gonesse. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He okay, was, yeah, he was uh, he was missing, he, he's been declared dead, of course. Uh, he was missing on, on Okinawa, uh, oh. but anyway, his film got okay. back, and it, it, it's a really interesting film to watch because it's not that long either. It shows the, it shows the pole going in place, but mm-hmm. one interesting part of it, if you keep looking at it, mm-hmm. uh, is that uh, as soon as the pole goes up straight. Uh, they start kind of gathering, but when Ira comes up from the rear, right? Uh, because he was the last guy in there, and he yeah. puts his weight on the pole mm-hmm. to put it down in the in the uh, uh, in the, right. the, the ground further. But it, yeah, it, it is. It's uh, uh, it's it, it's quite a film, uh, and it's almost it's yeah. almost. I think they were only standing, you know, a couple of feet away from each other but it's right.
0: almost at the same angle. Oh, gotcha. The picture in the film. I yeah. gotcha.
1: Okay. And so it, it really does prove that it was, you know, it was not yeah. staged
0: This podcast could not exist without the help of sponsors like Yahoo Finance. When it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. Now you need to take those investments to the next level yahoo finance.com that's yahoo finance.com so the the um the amazing thing that happens besides the actual photo itself it, it yeah it's just one of those moments in time that could probably never be repeated in a thousand years but eventually fdr sees this photo and he's like hey I want those guys back. We got a, we got the Seventh War Bond drive, and I want these American heroes because it it gave the Americans something to go. Oh, we are winning. We are accomplishing. Yes, we just lost thousands of men taking Iwo Jima, but but we're getting the job done. So it was very uplifting for the Americans, but this is the heart of the matter. This is the heart of your book. Could you, for us, because this is going to get all mixed up, but for now I want to be able to give people names, could you correctly identify the
1: six men who helped? The correct identification was mm-hmm. there was Ira, uh, Mike Strank, Harlan Block, uh, Franklin Sosley, uh, and uh, I think his name was Keller. These right. these two last two of them I'm going to give you is, are the ones that they were identified much later.
0: Right. Okay. And, that makes uh, sense.
1: Yeah, it was uh, Schultz. I believe his name was Frank, mm. and then I think it was Harold Keller. I'd have to look. I'd have to look it up. I'm not too sure about Keller, but Schultz was definitely a part right. of that. The thing of it is, is that Jack Bradley and and uh, Renee Gagnon were not in the in the actual photograph. Right. But, uh, and Ira did raise, you know, uh, a point because uh, one one guy was misidentified as as the person who was putting the flag into the ground, mm-hmm. the guy in the lead. And uh, he was identified as somebody else, and I forgot the name, you know, just, I haven't, I, I got to sure. read the book again. Sure, <laughs> but, I understand. But, uh, but Ira kept... Wanting to identify him, he says, he, "You know, he was his, that was Harlan Block, right. and Harlan Block was one of one of uh, one of Ira's really good friends, mm-hmm. and, and as was as was Franklin Sosely. Uh, there's a great story about Franklin Sosely. Um, Franklin was was this you know country boy from Kentucky, right? And uh, he uh, he and Ira got along really really well." Ira the kind of veteran because he'd been on Bougainville and this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Franklin because he this was his first this was his first uh, uh, combat. Right. And uh, Ira, apparently before they went up on, uh, on Surabachi, Franklin was in the first uh, patrol to go up. Mm-hmm. And Ira was sitting there, I guess, with him or something. And Ira put together a whole bunch of little mounds like graves. Yeah. And and you know, and then pointed at them like, you know, this is you, you know, to to Franklin. And, and wow. it's something that old vets do is kind of tease and, right. and you know, and do this kind of thing. You know, and and Franklin uh, and Franklin before before they said saddle up and we're going up the hill. Mm-hmm. Frankel reaches over there and messes the the you know uh, mm-hmm. Ira's, Ira's little uh play uh, graveyard up mm-hmm. and, and then walks up the hill. And then of course <laughs> Ira has to follow uh the in the second patrol.
0: Right. Oh my god. So so because there's the six people, um uh, I think two or three of them are going to die in, in 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 the coming three, days. Yeah. Three th- uh, coming because yeah, the war is still going on. Iwo Jima still hasn't fallen. It's just Mount Suribachi mm-hmm. that's been taken. But and 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 this is the part of the interview that I've been looking forward to. There's a brilliant moment in your book where. Ira's position relative to the pole, relative to the flagpole, is a beautiful metaphor for how Native Americans have been treated before the war, during the war, what's going to happen to them after the war, because it's not like racism just somehow magically disappears. But if you could kind of just talk us through um, when you were writing that part of your book, I mean... Hayes is there. He has made putting the flag up possible, but at this particular moment in the photo, he's not touching it, and that just seems to represent so much for the Native American
1: service members. Yeah, he's not. His hands are not on the flag. Right on the pole, uh, and it, it it does. It kind of it, it's it, it's it's almost. I, I you know I'm not sure how to, kind of a symbolic sort of thing. You're reaching for that um that flag. Right. And, you know, and and um I I tell you one thing that that has always I guess gotten is about a lot of the ceremonies that we do as Indian people. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, we'll have the American flag there. Right. And I've been told often enough you know saying, well what we're doing is drawing power from that. Ah, okay. That 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 has a it has an ability to uh, stimulate others. Mm-hmm. It has that that kind of it's that symbolic sort of energy that is felt uh, in a in a spiritual sense. Right. And so there's Ira. His hand is not on it, but he's reaching for, uh, I guess, a, a, a part mm-hmm. of that America, uh, that American sort of power, that American right. ability, that spirit. Is, he's reaching for it. And symbolically, he's not able to touch it. Right. And if you think about that, that's that was absolutely the case later on. I, Indian people did not receive the ability, the the, uh, the franchise in, Arizona, in the state of Arizona, until 1948. Right. Wow. So he couldn't even vote. Yes, but he could die for the country.
0: He could Absolutely. fight the war and die.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, that's, that's, yeah. So that's that's the irony irony of the that. yeah.
0: You can help build the American dream, but you just can't take part. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can reach for it and you can draw, say, a spiritual power from it, but not a real or a a physical power. Right.
0: So if if we could for a second, let's just let's just zoom up, zoom out for a second. So here's Ira, born and raised, as far as I know, on a reservation or he leaves he lives on a reservation. Um, life is pretty hard. He goes into the Marines. However it happens, he's good at being a Marine. He's a valued member of E-Company. But now this flag-raising moment has come. It's 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 changed the trajectory of his life. And and you go into the book when one of the other guys is like going, hey, they asked me who was involved in raising the flag. And Ira was like, if you tell them, I'm going to knock your lights out. Yeah. He clearly didn't want to go. But no. he, he does end up going and that's when this, the narrative, the, the tone, the vibes of the story start to change because that's not what he wanted to do. He just wanted to be with his friends.
1: And absolutely. Well, what friends he had left. Exactly. Uh, you know, exactly. Franklin had been killed. Harlan Block had been killed. Uh, Mike Strank, who was his squad leader, had been killed. Uh, so it, it was It was a... I have my own... I. Identified body, bodies of, of three of my very very good friends right. when I was in Vietnam. So he and I, you know, he was he was there, and you know, uh, and and this this kind of special relationship with uh, with Harlan mm-hmm. was was born, you know, out of this kind of elite uh, raider uh, parachute. Uh, right. Nexus, uh, mm-hmm. and sense. and that sort of thing. So, so and then Mike Strank uh, was you know the the squad leader, and apparently he was really really sharp. Mm-hmm. And uh, but these guys you know had had uh, been a part of you know his 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 identity being a marine, right? Uh, especially especially socially. Uh, socially was the you know he he was the he was the kind of the kid that uh uh that you know was was new to the company, but he had really shown himself to be yeah a really solid Marine. Mm-hmm. and so you know uh i i think that sosley was was killed not even not even three feet from ira uh, and I cannot um, imagine yeah it it was must have been you know. Really, really rugged on Yeah. So, you know, immediately he's coming home with, you know, I, I don't think he wanted, he didn't want to leave because I think that he knew that, you know, just being around all of these folks is just going to, can I say, probably he knew that he, they were just going to piss him off. Right. And, right. you know, they're not going to understand. They're not going to be able to, to uh, really, you know, it's, uh, it's very much like this. This friend of mine, we, we were we were sitting there talking. He says he asked me. he Says Do you have people say thank you, you know, thank you for your service. And all right. Says. And he said, sure, yeah, you know, that happens. Yeah. And uh, he says, I don't, I don't get it. And and I said, why? He says, right. are they really thanking me for what I did over there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what he's narrowed down, and, and he was an Iraq War veteran, right? What he narrowed down was, you know, not the war itself and how you know maybe glorious it might have been to people back home, right? But the literal horror of the thing that he was a part of. Mm-hmm. He was an army veteran in in Iraq. And uh, he had a picture that he took. Right. And it was a, a, an APC. Actually, that was parked on the head of a dura- dead Iraqi soldier. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I said, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. Said, look at this. And I said, well, this is really, yeah. You know, he says, but that's what we did. Yeah. And, and he, says, he says, I don't understand it. I can't get it. And I said, well, what I tell a lot of people, uh, it, you know, if they say thank you for your service. And I said, you know, I'll, I'll tell some folks like this. And I said, you know, a welcome home would do fine. Yes. Yes. I'd much prefer to say welcome home or something like that than, you know, thank you for your service. Right, but you know that's the, that's you know, the way that goes.
0: Yeah, you know that's a very good point because that's what you'd rather hear. You're the person who's been in it. My brother is in the uh, in the military, and he he went to the to the Middle East and fought as well. And basically, he said to me pretty much what you said. You've either been in it or you haven't. There's right. no in between. There's no books. There's no movie. There's no TV that's gonna. Do enough to describe it. So you're either and, and you're right. I mean, he's going to be he's going to be shaking hands. Ivra's going back to the United States with two other gentlemen. We'll get to that in a second. But he's going to be shaking hands. He's going to be smiling. This is so far removed from what he's been experiencing for the last couple of months. Um, and and again, it comes down to your the, your comrades, your brothers in arms. And you want to make sure that you help them and they help you get through the war. But that's not what he's doing now. He's he's got his dress on. He's smiling. He's waving at the cameras. And that's not he he doesn't do well with that.
1: No, he doesn't. But. Uh, I think, though, he was he, in many ways, he was singled out. Right. Oh, right because he was uh, native and so he singled out as as this is the you know one of the things I wrote an article a long long time ago um, about World War two uh, native veterans and and what it was was that in in many cases I mean they really played up the right. uh, the uh, entrance, you know, in the service by, you know, by by indigenous uh, folks. Mm -hmm. And they really played it up because it was a really good sort of commercial for the war. Absolutely. Uh, You know, uh, here we got these brown folks out here fighting the war, you know, against them, Nazis who were trying to kill people. And, uh, you know, this Japanese empire that's really, you know, uh, that's gone off uh, uh, the board. It, mm-hmm. it, it kind of gives a little bit more, uh, I guess, uh, I'm trying to search for the word. It, it gives a little bit more feeling to the cause or right. you know, uh, uh, legitimacy, I guess. To
0: exactly. We're all united against the common enemy.
1: Exactly. Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Even though they're, they're of course, excluding black uh, soldiers. Right. Integrating into them. Yeah. yeah. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: That would have been too much. So he doesn't do well on the tour. Does he start? drinking then or uh, i'm trying to remember
1: well yeah he uh, well he had a few drinks you know back and back on, on the reservation and things right. like you know that was you know that was a young kid
0: yeah
1: the ceremonial i believe what yeah there, there are there are ceremonies as a matter of fact that, that the autumn had mm-hmm. uh, but there was there was also a, a, a very strong sort of uh, Presbyterian admonition against drinking too. So right. it was they were you know kind of caught in that uh in that juxtaposition, I guess. Sure. But um but Ira, though, um the 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 way I can explain it is that back in the day if you had well what they started calling uh was you know the the thousand yard stair or uh, uh Combat neurosis or right. you know, something like that. They didn't really, you know, have uh, have a word for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing of it is, is that you didn't. There wasn't uh, any kind of, of uh, I guess uh, medicine for it, except saying, "Hey, buddy, get over it." Or, "Yeah, slap you, know, you on the back." You know, thanks for your All sir. Right. You know this this He's kind of now. Yeah. yeah, you're back yeah. home now. Have a drink, right. exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. And that's one of the things that that he would go into a bar. I I know the Clint Eastwood film. You know, he's he's really angry because this guy won't serve him because he's an Indian. Well, that right. wasn't true. Right. Uh, in fact, you know, they were, you know, he would go around on uh, you know on Wabash Avenue in Chicago. You know, and and somebody said, "You're the guy." Yes. and drag him into a bar. <laughs> yes, Cape <And pay> for <laughs> and drinks. Drink. Yes. Uh, not only that is that uh, Keys Beach. He was kind of the the chaperone for the three. Uh, he he drank considerably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And so they, there's one one story that's told that they had more. Uh, you know they they were uh, uh, they were carting all uh, you know a lot of equipment and uniforms and things like that around. And uh one box was was made for was uh, was actually Keys Beach's bottles. So <laughs> so Wow. He was, he was drinking and he would you know he you know, have a drink with Ira uh, right. That's uh, the last uh, practically thing. every night. Yeah.
0: Right, that's the last thing Iron needed. So we're going to save some of that for the readers. So Ira gets w- with uh, in trouble with uh, his his uh, his leaders. He gets in trouble because of the alcohol, and soon he's out of the Marines. The war is over, yay! Well, actually, he's, he's not.
1: No, he's not. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. he sent back to he sent back to the fifth division, and he uh, he's part he becomes part of the uh, uh, of the uh, uh, occupation forces. Oh, that's right. He yeah. was going to go to Japan proper. Yeah, he went into Japan and um, and then he and then he was mustered out. Mm. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Okay, but but yeah. the
0: point is, the war is over. He survived. He's a he's a American hero, if you will. There should be tons of opportunities for Ira at this point. Instead, I'm guessing something much different happens to him.
1: Yeah, there's not much opportunity. He becomes. Uh, you know, he he becomes a you know agricultural worker. Uh, he takes a few jobs as a carpenter because he learned carpentry uh, in in the uh, uh, Civilian Conservation Corps. Right. Uh, he also drives a truck for a while, uh, and, and that sort of thing. I I think that the one of the main things is that you really have to understand sort of. Blue-collar agricultural drinking at the time, right? And what it, what it is is that you do you 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 work hard mm-hmm. uh, during the week, and you celebrate. Yeah, you got weekend. through the
0: week. Yeah,
1: and, and so I think that that's what what he was doing. He was he was more of a binge drinker than a confirmed alcoholic. If that gotcha. makes sense. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was able to get through the day, and then yeah, 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 okay. yeah. He 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 can do his work, but you know, and then and then uh, you know, Friday night comes, and, and you know, it's time to it's time to go out and drink with your buddies. Yeah.
0: Now so the other
1: thing though is that when he gets back to Arizona, especially, well, when he's in Chicago, when he's out in Los Angeles, uh, you know, he's got he's got the, his name. And his picture all over the papers. Yes, and uh, they have singled him out more than anyone, right? Uh, than you know any of those three. Uh, well, uh, Bradley was having with with you know building a family, and he he was uh, you know he had a job, and later on he owns a funeral home, so he's he's quite a success. Yeah, comparatively, he still he still had PTSD. Sure. Sure. uh but uh it, it's kind of strange because because the the veterans the Veterans Administration even though the Jack Bradley had PTSD they probably would not have compensated him because he was he actually had he he actually had a marriage lasted <laughs> so, right. had, had a job and the, the whole thing right but anyway that's that's you know not uh That's not part of the book. But uh, Rene had a very difficult time as well Mm -hmm. uh, because he's also the hero, and he really thinks that that he's going to be able to cash in on that. Yeah. But he didn't. Right. but He had a janitorial job at best.
0: Right. But this is what – I got really angry at the, in this part of the story because on one hand, Ira's an American hero. People are asking him for autograph or the, Hey, you know, you, 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 uh, you were in the picture. Let me buy you a drink or whatever. But at the same time that somehow doesn't translate to a wonderful opportunity or, Hey, let's make you a spokesperson or a salesperson for our insurance company. And you'll make a lot of money. No, he's, he's working on a cotton farm. He's, he's, he's got, he's driving a truck or whatever. I mean, the guy yeah. is paycheck to paycheck.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, geez, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, uh, he he does have a rugged life. Of course, it was a rugged life anyway on on the on the reservation. Exactly. That, that's the point. Nothing he, he could sacrifice for
0: his country, but nothing improves for him. That's yeah. uh, anyway. I get well, particularly
1: market. particularly because uh they had more or less siphoned off the 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 water from the reservation.
0: That's right that was another thing oh my uh, yeah um, when, when you read this book, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there will be, there's social issues and then there's histories where America has been less than good to certain groups of people. But I, and I'm glad you included that context because it really helps explain the struggle of Ira and his people and the people that came before them and the people that are going to come after them. But, but then yeah, he has, he has
1: uh, yeah. kind of a historical uh, and uh, warfare uh, and uh, poverty, trauma all yes all the way through it's like it's like a royal flush everything bad
0: that can happen to it almost happens to this guy and at one point he moves into a a house or a small house that that was a part of a japanese internment camp i mean just the ghosts of the it was in that area yeah yeah Yeah. oh my goodness i'm I'm sorry i just remember that but potentially something good happens hollywood comes calling yeah He's (laughs) He's going <laughs> to yeah. be in a John Wayne movie. How could this good. not turn out to be great for him? And I think, uh, was it Ira, Bradley, and Gagnon? I'm not sure to say his name. G G-A-G, Yeah. Gagnon are in yeah. the movie as well. So hopefully this is the beginning of a much better future for Ira.
1: Right. Well, didn't work out that way. Because, no. I mean, he was only on the set, you know, for, well, not very long at all. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It comes down to, uh, uh, John Wayne is shot and he hands the flag over, you know, to these guys and says, right. okay, go up the mountain. And, uh, and then it shows him dying. And, <laughs> and then the flag raising. Right. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it's a, uh, you know, it, it's a pretty typical John Wayne kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and John Wayne, it, it was, I think it was the first one that he gets killed in. Oh, but, so it was a big deal. <laughs> In that yeah. sense, okay. So, so you know, here he is dying. Here, take the flag. Yeah, you know, and he's dying. Flag goes up when he but, dies.
0: You know? Yeah, but it, <laughs> it's, it's still of, it's still John Wayne central centered. It's still oh, yeah. uh, but, yeah. and of course, and you mentioned this in your book. He's considered for a best actor award. What yeah. does Ira get? Ira gets to go back to the cotton field. That's so right. nothing. Nothing's gonna happen now. This the the second half of your book. You really flesh this out, and I really enjoyed the experience. So here's Ira's struggle. He has many struggles, and it's not simply just alcohol. He knows there's something wrong with him. He admits that there's something wrong, and he actually tries to get help, and he, and he keeps struggling trying to improve his life. And again, I'm going to let you decide kind of where we stop and what we leave for the readers to find out on, on their own. But if you want to talk about any part of his life, you know, after the John Wayne movie, what he's struggling with, the, uh, the 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 theme of racism that affects his life. And again, uh, please, please feel free to do so. But again, the, the story arc, if you will, humble beginnings. He's in the Marines. He's an American hero. The war is over with. He goes back to the reservation. And it's, it's like the war could have never have happened in his, except for the PTSD and his life would not have changed.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I think well, yeah, you know, I tried to tried to set this up. I think at the beginning of the book, um, he is he's got more press yes. than any native person has ever got. You know, even mm-hmm. you know, Geronimo and and uh, Crazy Horse and the whole you know, right, everybody. And uh, the one of the things I think that that. Happened mm-hmm. was was simply all of this press. I okay. Let me let me kind of set this one up. Sure. Uh, according to sources that I found, he was arrested more than fifty times within the span of ten years. Forty five to his death. Wow. And so that's five times a year that he's actually incarcerated. Now, mm-hmm. the one thing that is really bad, I guess, right. is that in Arizona, and I am absolutely certain this occurred in both in Los Angeles, uh, where he was arrested once mm-hmm. or twice, and in Chicago, where he was arrested as well after he after the service. Uh, when he goes out there on on relocation. Okay. Uh, At that time, um, and this was very true in Arizona, they even did a study on it, that uh, you you were probably maybe 75% more likely Mm -hmm. if you were brown or black to be arrested for drunken disorderly than a white guy uh. and one of the reasons was that in Arizona the white guy usually got a citation
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the an Indian or the Mexican or the black guy got thrown in and, and it got so bad that they, they actually set up a kind of a big extensive flop house that they would just throw the drunks in and oh most goodness. of them were agricultural workers. right. And a lot of of uh, of uh, Mexican laborers uh, and a good many of the Mexican-American, the Chicano laborers as mm-hmm. well would be thrown in jail and along with the Indians. And so Jeez. here you go. Yeah. You had this this kind of thing. And as a matter of fact, what they called these this kind of flop house that Ira was getting thrown into all the time was... Yeah. Uh, the uh it's called el camino de los winos right yeah so it was in spanish even wow yeah so it, it was like i said it was a kind of the racist uh, sort of deal that and then and on top of that mm-hmm. because of all of the press that he had received he was about Probably at three at least three times as likely to get spotted by the police than other guys. Oh, right. Uh, and other, the, the, I I really think, and looking from accounts of of this kind of thing, of course, he would, he would, he'd be drunk or something like that. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm, Absolutely certain, since he had his picture in the paper. He had his picture in the papers constantly, it seems. Right. And even pictures in the paper with him sitting in jail. Yeah. And so what happens, I believe, is that not only are they arresting brown guys in numbers exceeding their proportion in right. society. Right. Nothing's changed. But, yeah, but they're they're hitting Ira hard simply because they know him, right? And you know there were probably occasions on one of you know or yeah you know, that he might not have just had but a couple of drinks and they hauled him in. Yeah, You know, just for being Ira. So even,
0: even his notoriety doesn't yeah. help him.
1: Well, it, it yeah it it, it it I think that it adds to it. I, I think right. that. That, see, this is this is a kind of a part of, of, of English lit, too, if you think mm-hmm. about it. This is very Shakespearean. Right. All these heroes yeah. have, all in, in Shakespeare, had these fatal flaws. Mm-hmm. And so it makes a great storyline. Right. So, you know, it goes from hero to, yeah, exactly. to alky, or to wino. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I guess what gets me all the time, too, is that, is that um, <laughs> because of the, the labor that, that these guys did, the brown guys that are getting thrown in jail, because of the labor that they did, they couldn't afford real you know, heavy alcohol. Oh, right. So they were drinking muscatel and, and things like that, Yeah, uh, which don't have a real heavy alcohol content. Right. Boy, they smell bad. Oh, right. <laughs> so, so. Dang. Yeah. So, you, so, you you know, it's almost as if, you know, say, ah, oh, cheap alcohol. You're going to jail. Right. But if you're drinking, you know, like Maker's Mark. The good stuff. Or something like that. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> so just. It, it's just some, some strange racism. kind of kind of things that I I don't know I don't know if it's true or not, but right it just it just plays into this kind of narrative. Yeah. yeah. Well. Uh...
0: Um, I, I'm going to certainly let you uh, add on anything you want, but uh, Professor Home, thank you very much. I enjoyed this book so much. I, again, I knew very little about Ira, about his journey. Now, certainly the the tragedy that was the last couple of years of his life. Uh, but but I, and I'm sure you agree with me. We do want to let listeners out there know that vets out there today, things have changed a lot since 1945. Uh, there are places to get help. There's the Veteran Crisis Line dot net. Make yeah. the connection.net, the veterans administration, and the VA.gov veteran affairs. So for the, for those of you who are out there who have served or if you know someone who has served and they're struggling, there's lots of different ways to get these people to help. And not just um, psychiatry, but there's also financial assistance. There's assistance for their for their families. But after reading your book, Professor Professor, I was like, I wish half of these things had existed back oh, then. Yeah. But again, that's the nature of evolution. Hopefully, we learn and we improve as we go.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the, I, I, of course, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do stuff with the with the Veterans Administration, and mm-hmm. and and it gets frustrating. It gets hard mm-hmm. uh, because you know you're sent here and you're done this, and you kind of you know you have a password here. And for us older guys, you know, it gets pretty tough. Oh, it is yes, and, yeah, uh, and so that's one admonition that I, you know, if I could, I would really, you know, like for uh, for the VA to the the basic thing is is that accept what we are saying as veterans right. is true, uh, right. you know, and that's that's the tough part I think is that is that as a government bureaucracy. You know, you, you've got to back check all of these kinds of things. I have sent in, you know, three or four forms just on one yeah. attempt to claim. Right. And yeah. you know, and it's just you know, and it, and then you get back something else. Well, we, you've got to go here, you got to go there, and this kind of stuff. And, right. And so it, it's uh, it 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 gets to be really troubling, especially for us old folks.
0: Yes. Overwhelming,
1: and, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, well, now your brother was the Iraq veteran. Yes,
0: uh, he he's about to get out of the army next year. Uh, and again, he he fought. He did some things that he would rather have not done. He had to come home and get some therapy to help him, you know, to live yeah. with what he's done. And and I think that's only fair. If we're we're putting these people in harm's way, we should certainly do whatever we can after they get home.
1: Well, I hope them. he. I hope he he doesn't have as much trouble as, as we had in Vietnam. Right. Right. Uh, because, because the, the, like I said, the bureaucracy is just unbelievably yeah uh, uh, difficult to, to, to maneuver through. Right. Uh, and especially for us older guys. You
0: know, <laughs> you oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: And, I remember uh,
0: the time before computers. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I didn't need to
1: catch up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well. <laughs> well, I hope your brother doesn't have any problems with it. So.
0: Yeah. Well, Professor Holm, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for uh, for this book. Uh, everybody, if you want to learn more about Ira Hayes and the raising of the flag and uh, who was there, who wasn't there, and because you go into that as well, this is definitely the book to check out. Professor Holm. Thank you for your time today.
1: Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.